Hey there. Thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again. God bless you. Normally at this point, I would say uh, we're going to we turn attention to the screen. We're going to play a video, but we're not going to do that because we're, we have a special presentation. It's Pastor Rich's birthday. Come on. Come on, buddy. And we want to celebrate uh, Pastor Rich today. It's, uh, it's his uh, uh, 20, 29th birthday. Um, right? Yep. His 29th birthday. Uh, so all together, if you guys would, let's sing a little happy birthday to Pastor Rich. Ready? Give us a key, B. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pastor Rich. Happy birthday to you. Amen. I'm almost a half a century, but not quite. That's old. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> you know, there's something we all have in common. We're all getting older, and there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> right? Like, slow down. Life goes so quickly, and um, we better make the most of it. Amen. One day we'll all be together in heaven with new bodies, and with all the people that have gone before us, all the people we love that have known Christ. My father will be there, is there, my grandparents, a lot of your friends and family, we'll all get to celebrate together and have a great time. But until then, we got a lot of work to do, amen? We got some stuff, God's got a mission for us, and I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that is loving and caring, and uh, so thank you. Thank you for that, guys. Um, they're just trying to, you know, I haven't had sugar in 10 days. And, uh, <laughs> and so I think that's my wife's, me and my wife are on a bed. I think that's my wife's attempt, getting, making, telling Ashley what my favorite cake is there. <laughs> so I know what's going on. <laughs> uh, all right, so, hey, I wanted to share with you guys today, we're still, this is the last um, message in the Upside Down series. <clears throat> and I wanna uh, just kind of share with you, how many of you guys, love fall. Is anybody excited about fall, right? How many of you guys, who loves summer better? Anybody love summer better than fall? All right, a few of you, great, great. Um, this summer, did you guys have a good summer? It was really a warm summer, wasn't it? It was pretty dry for the most part until this last few weeks, but um, <clears throat> I had a great summer. And um, one of the highlights of my summer, I wanted to share some pictures with you. Uh, we had the opportunity, my family, some of my family, my girls, my wife, myself, my sister, and her kids, uh, got to go and go travel overseas. We went to Europe for nine days and, and experienced some really cool stuff. And uh, we, one of the stops that we were, we went to Switzerland. And in Switzerland, there's this beautiful town. It's called Lauterbrennen. And it's in this valley. It's called the Valley of, what, 72? 72, 72 waterfalls. 
and it's this, uh, just this huge valley, and on both sides of the valley are these huge cliffs that are 5,000 uh, feet in the air, both of them. And then on top of those are a town on one side, can't remember that name, and the other side is called Murin, and that's where we stayed. And, uh, and then above that goes up to 13,000 feet where they made like the James Bond movies back in the day and stuff, and it's, the, it's called the top of Europe. It's the highest point in Europe. And we got to stay like right below that, right on top of this cliff overlooking Lauterbrennen. And so I had this great idea. I found this, uh, this thing, it's called uh, Via Ferretta. Have, has anybody heard of Via Ferrettas before? So th these are these hikes that you can go on, and, but they're not any type, type of hike. Like, you know, I've been on a lot of hikes. I've climbed some of the high peaks in New York, which are gorgeous, and I love to do that. But these are different because these you have to have a harness on and be strapped in to a cable the whole time. So 2.2 miles, and you're strapped in. You have two carabiners to strap into this cable, and when you go from one transition to another, you have to unhook one at a time because if you unhook both of them, you could fall to your peril. <laughs> So let me just show you just a little bit of what it looks like, right? So if you guys can pull up the uh, slide, maybe, yeah. All right, so this is my sister and I uh, on the Via Ferretta, and I have a helmet on because there's rocks and stuff. And so I'm strapped in here, but I don't know if you can see very, so go to the next, next one, next slide. So this is my, this is my daughter. She's here right here with us today, Carly. She's alive still. See, she's right here. And so... If you can see this, we are on the, she is on the ledge of a cliff that's 5,000 feet up in the air. I don't know if you can see the town below because it's really far down and the quality of this picture is not the greatest, but um, you can see those little pegs. Can you see them right down there below? Like, they're like, look like staples made out of rebar. And uh, that's all we had to stand on going on this part of it, the trail. And I think I have a video. You guys can show the video, just kind of give you a little bit of a glimpse. That's, that's where we had to stand on that little thing. And that's the town below. And that's the cliff on the other side and the mountains, right? And so then there's the valley down below to the left there. And there's Carly on the cliff. All right, it's just replaying again. All right, so you can, I think there's, is there one more? Or is that it? That might be it. Okay, that's it. So that was, that was to me like the, um, if, you, if people ask me, hey, how was your Europe trip? This is what I'm going to talk about. Because it was the most exciting thing, and we paraglided too. It was just awesome. We had a great trip. So um, this trip, so on this Via Ferretta, it's so beautiful, and I like to hike, and it's just, I love to see, in fact, when we pulled up to this um, Lauterbrennen and saw these cliffs and everything, we are just like, wow, I can't believe how beautiful this is. And we were commenting on how beautiful this is. Just think about how beautiful heaven is going to be. And we're just like awestruck. And so now here we are walking on top of the side of one of these, these cliffs in Lauterbrennen. And we get to this place where those staples are sticking out. And my, I'm with my nephew, my daughter, Carly, who you saw, my sister, and my niece, who's 15, and me. And out of those five, there's just the five of us walking on this thing. And my, my nephew, who's like 22, he's first. And he goes on one of these staples. He says, oh, this staple's loose. <laughs> so I'm like in the back. And out of the five of us, I'm the heaviest, and I'm the biggest, right? And so I'm just like, I'm just like, okay. It held Jace, and it held Carly, and Missy, and, and, you know, they all went. But I weigh, like, a lot more than these guys, these lightweights. And so I'm thinking, and this is in, not in a safe spot. This is, like, on the cliffside, like you saw in the pictures, where one of these things was just kind of wobbly. And so 
I have to get, I had to put all my weight on this. And I'm like, if I, uh, if this thing gives way, I'm, <laughs> bye guys, you know, like, I don't want to go, you know, like, I, I'm all about heaven and all, but not today, you know, so, um, and so I'm just having these thoughts and all these things are going through my mind. And I'm like, you know, I had, I had to come to a point where I had to finally make a decision. Am I going to walk on this thing and go for it? And in a way, give away my fear and give away my life as, 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 as kind of in my mind at least, you know, like I could, I'm going to have to like trust this staple <laughs> sticking out of a rock that somebody put here, who knows who even did it. And, and think about those guys, geez. And so like, what am I, and, and so I'm going through this process in my mind and I finally come to things like, God, <laughs> my life is in your hands. I'm giving my life to you and I'm trusting you because I'm not going to be embarrassed <laughs> to not go through this thing with my 15-year-old niece, my sister, my daughter, and my nephew. I can't, like, back out now. In fact, because this was my idea to do this, too, by the way. So um, I can't back out now. And so I'm all in. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give uh, the chances. I'm, I'm going to give this staple, kind of this, this faith. I'm going to have faith in this and this trail uh, and give away the chances of my life. So the point of this I want to get to today is that God wants us to be in a place where we are constantly giving our life up. And nobody likes to do this. We don't like to give up our life, right? In this circumstance, I don't want to die. I don't want to fall down into Lauder Brennan from the cliff. Um, I, I like my life. I like my life. I like to live. I mean, you know, I don't want to give it away, right? But we do this... Uh, all of us in different ways all the time anyway. We do give our lives away. How many parents in this place, right? Parents, how many are, we're, you know, how many are parents or we're parents or have parents that are even older children? Most people in this place, not everybody, are parents. So parents, we have to give parts of our life away when we have children, right? When we have young kids, we give away our sleep. Not on purpose, not because we want to, but because we don't have a choice at times, right? We give away some of our time because instead of doing things that we wanna do, we have to do things that our children wanna do. Is anybody with me, right? So we're already kind of in a way saying, you know what, I'm giving up my will and my desires for my children, right? We do this in a lot of different areas in our lives, right, with our friends. If you're a friend and you are just trying to decide what to do that day, uh, one friend says, I'd rather go see this movie. No, I don't want to see this movie. I want to see this movie. Somebody has to give their will up, right, to be able to get along, to be able to be friends and do things. We give our will up sometimes with our jobs. We have to do things sometimes in our jobs that we'd rather not do, you know, um, that we have to do anyway. So we give ourselves away. And Jesus is asking us today to give our lives up for him. And so I'm going to read you a scripture of what Jesus uh, from Jesus talking to a crowd and his disciples in Mark chapter eight. And he says it like this. He says, he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul. 
Jesus is asking us today to give our lives away for him. And if we try to hold on to our lives and try to hoard the things of our life in our world, then we'll actually will lose our life, is what Jesus is saying here. Jesus wants to give us to give ourselves away. And in this scripture, it's, it's really a cool thing. Jesus is saying this on his way to Jerusalem. This is happening uh, where he would actually do what he's telling the disciples to do and what he's telling you and I to do. This is the, the road that he's on to Jerusalem to, to give his life away on the cross for you and I. This is almost like a foretelling of, uh, of, of what he's about to do. This is like him showing us in as an example of what we ought to do, the th very thing that he's doing right now as he's walking into Jerusalem. Mark, when he writes this about Jesus, is emphasizing the suffering that Jesus will go through as he gives up his life for us. Now he wants us to give our lives up for him. And it's, it seems very upside down, doesn't it? It's like, if you want to save your life, you have to lose it. Wait a second. That doesn't make a lot of human sense, does it? If I want to gain the whole world, I have to lose my, I'll lose Jesus. But if I lose the world, then I'll gain Jesus. That doesn't, how does that happen? How do I do that? And Jesus was the greatest example of this for us because he went to the cross and gave his life he gave up his very life crucified on the cross. And before he did that, remember this prayer he said? He didn't want to do it. He even said, Jesus, Jesus even said, I'm sorry. Jesus said, God, if it, uh, God, please take this cup from me. But not my will, your will be done. Jesus is sweating blood. He's in anguish. He knows what's about to happen in the, 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 this scripture that he just said just a little while before. Now he's praying a different prayer to the Father. He said, God, I don't, I don't really want to do this. But not my will. Your will be done. And so here's Jesus in this, this posture, in this position where he has to make this decision. Am I going to sacrifice my life for all of humankind or just do what my flesh would want to do? Because Jesus was both fully human and fully God. And so when he was fully, that fully human side, it's like, I didn't want to do this, right? No, none of us like to give our lives away. We like to hoard things. We like to hold on to things. And here's Jesus struggling with the same thing. But Jesus, as our example, pushed through his feelings and went to the cross and died for you and I. And talk about an upside down world. When he died, he gained everything, didn't he? He gained life. He became Lord of all. Jesus, God crowned him King of kings and Lord of lords and became uh, the Savior for all of mankind. So he's telling the disciples, this is what I want you to do. I want you to give your life away. And you know the early Christian slogan used to be for Christ in the gospel. The disciples would go and suffer for Jesus' purpose, for, the, for Christ in the gospel, uh, for their destiny, and, uh, for his destiny and not for their own. This scripture brings us to a place that we have to almost like self-renunciate um, our will. We have to say, you know, Rich, and I have to do this quite frequently, actually, uh, Rich, it's not about you, it's not your will, that matters here. It's not what you want, it's what God wants. 
you know, we live in a world <laughs> where uh, it's like, you guys, for those of Parks and Rec fans, treat yourself. Let's treat ourselves, right? Uh, we live in a world where it's like, um, it's all about self-care and what's in it for me and how is this gonna benefit me? But God is saying to us today and asking us today, no, no, no. I want you to give yourself away and instead follow me and my will. Self-renunciation. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Now, I wanna read a quote to you. Um, this is by a, a guy, his name is um, Thomas Mirton. He says, if you guys could put this quote up, I think I have it here, all right. Um, I don't think that's the beginning of it. Maybe I, oh yeah, here we go. All right, I used up my life in the desire for pleasures, power, honor, knowledge, and love to clothe this false self. So he's just talking about how he's just trying to fill himself with all these things, right? We've all, we're all guilty of this, power, honor, knowledge, love, to clothe our, our, our self. And I, wind, uh, and I wind experiences around myself and cover myself with pleasure and glory like bandages in order to make myself perceptible to myself and to the world. So he, he's just talking, I just wanna kinda go slow here so we can capture this. He's wrapping himself up with all the pleasures of this world, all the things of this world, and all the glory of this world, and all the money of this world, and all the pleasures of this world, and just putting it himself, and this is what I live for. This, I just keep wrapping it around myself, wrapping it around, does anybody know, anybody here, right? You know, this is where we live, right? I, I just have to have more. I have to have, uh, this will make me happy. If I go on this vacation, or I get in the middle of this vacation, I need to go on this vacation, or, or I'm making this much money, but I have to make this much money. I just, I, 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 I get this gift, but I want more gifts, all right? I, I, you know, this isn't, it's never enough. And we just keep wrapping ourselves up in everything that the world has to offer, hoping that we'll fill this emptiness that's still inside. And this is what this guy's talking about, right? I put these, like, they, like they're like bandages around me. As, as to satisfy, and then it says, as if I were an invisible body that could only become visible when something visible co um, co converted its surface. In other words, the only reason why I can even now be a person or have any value or self-worth is if I have these things around me. Right? I share it on social media. Hey, guys, look at all the places I got to go. Hey, look at my awesome house. Hey, look at my awesome spouse. Hey, look at, you know, and it just, it's, it's like my identity. Hey, look at this job I have. Look how awesome all the things I've attained. Look how great all this is, you know? Look at my house. Look at my kids. Look how awesome my kids are. Right, we just keep wrapping and wrapping around it. And then he gets to this place, but there is no substance under the things with which I'm clothed. I am hollow, and my structure of pleasures and ambitions has no foundation. And when they are gone, there will be nothing left of me but my own nakedness and emptiness and hollowness. And Jesus says it a little more plainly. Whoever wants to gain the whole world will lose it. Everything in the world, all its desires, all its pleasures is fading away. The Bible says it like this in 1 John chapter 2. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. 
The world and its desires pass away, but he who does the will of God lives forever. Jesus is trying to get us a message here to us today is don't be so wrapped up in all the desires of this world and all the cares of this world. We build our lives, here I am, 49 today, building my life on all things that don't even matter. Like, oh, I can't wait until I can do this, or I, oh, I hope so-and-so gets good at this, or just building things on that really uh, are, are secondary. Third, is there a third dairy? <laughs> Not a priority. We must make God the center of our lives. Our desire should be for him. And by the way, that's the good point here, right? What is the true reward? Is, you know, you see people, they have blessed, hashtag blessed. And you see, oh, I'm blessed. Yeah, I've, I've got this house. I've got this car. I'm blessed. God has blessed me. Is the real blessing the things of this world or is the real blessing Jesus himself? I'm a little confused. And I think sometimes we get a little caught up in the things of this world and wrap ourselves up in it all so much that we're so now blinded by it that we forget what our true purpose and calling and love really should be and ought to be. And today, Jesus is telling us it's time to give all this stuff that we've wrapped around ourselves away. Some of you guys are entangled in it very deeply. It's, it's intertwined even into the innermost parts of your being and your heart. And God is saying to you today, and he wants to declare this today, no more. And I'm asking you as believers, as a church, that we start realizing that our true Love and our true purpose is not in attaining all the things this world has to offer, but rather attaining God, Jesus. I remember uh, uh, last year when I started seminary school, you know, for those that don't know, I'm working on my master's degree. Um, and the dean of schools got on and he said, what better topic is there to study than the topic of God? I was like, ooh. I'm in the right place. I said, wow. I, you know, I like math and science. Not English, not grammar. <laughs> but God, I get to learn about God? Man, that'd take an eternity. Let's start. We've got to give, God is asking us to give away ourself, give away these things we've wrapped ourselves in, let it go in exchange for the real treasure, which is Jesus Christ. We have got to go from this mentality that uh, God is some kind of Santa Claus. Like we have these prayers like, God, give me this. God, if I could just have this. God, if I could just have this job or if I could just have this spouse or if my spouse would stop doing this or if, you know, we go on and on and on as if, if, if these things around us are the things that make us happy, how is that working? <laughs> when God is the really, should be the one that fulfills us, 
God is the only one that's gonna satisfy the emptiness inside. He's the only one that we were created for. Look, I'm not downplaying and saying that things in this world don't matter at all. And I do believe that God blesses people. But when those blessings become the God, then there's a real issue and problem. Anybody with me? The world is not the blessing, Jesus is. So I want you to do something, right? Uh, just, just, just humor me, it's my birthday. So <laughs> I want you to like, just think of what is the most important thing in your life. Now, because I talked about God, I was gonna say God, don't say God. Anything, everything but God, all right? Just what's the most important thing in your life besides God? Could be a person. It could be family, it could be a job, it could be money, it could be uh, what you're an, an animal, it could be, um, I don't, you know, whatever. Whatever's the most important thing in your life, the thing that you just, you wake up, you're, that's what you live for, right? I just want you to put it in your hands, right? Just, just pretend. So, uh, just humor me, just for a second, right? You got it in your hands, right? All right, I w- now just turn it over and drop it. Just turn it over, turn over your hands. Wait, did it, did it fall out or is it still sticking? Is it still holding on? Are you able to let it go? The question I have and the reason I wanna do this practice is some of you, when you did that, it, it fell off, but some of you, it's just, it's, it, won't, it won't leave. It's like, uh. <laughs> There's things in our life that are so stuck on us and so sticky to us that we really have a hard time letting it go. But God is asking us to let go our very lives, everything, for his sake, for him. What good does it do for us to gain the whole world but yet forfeit our very soul? You know, forfeiting our very soul is the worst thing that anybody could ever do. That Via Freda, I had to come to a place where I was like, all right, I have to be willing to step out on this staple in faith that I could lose my life. I was strapped in. But in this thing of life, in this context of what we're talking about, we have got to get to the place where we're willing to let go of things in our life. God, this person or these things or this job or this thing is so important in my life, but if you were to ask me to give it up, I'd be willing to. God, there's nothing in this world that is greater than you. I wanna uh, challenge you this week to give up some time. Um, my sister was telling me, she's listening to Steve Furtick. She, he said, she said that he's almost as good as me, but not quite. And uh, just kidding. Steve Furtick's a preacher. He's really good. And he he was um, talking about. He challenged his congregation. I was telling her what I was preaching about because she's not here today. Um, and she's she said, "Oh, that's cool." Steve Furtick just talked about this thing, and so he shared with his congregation. He challenged them to get on their knees for just one minute. Just give up one minute of your life, one minute of your busyness, and just get on your knees for one minute every day. 
just one minute. But I, you know, I have a little bit more faith in you guys than he does with his congregation. And I'm just kidding, I'm just playing. Uh, I wanted to, uh, what I've been doing over the summer with our crew and as, uh, teenagers, my kids, um, is challenging them to give up five minutes of their day to just pray and just talk to God in five minutes, so 10 minutes all together, and five minutes to read their Bible. And just give up this busyness or this game or this television show or this Netflix series just for 10 minutes and just be with Jesus. And so some of you, I'm asking you today to either do this one minute thing on your knees or 10 minutes, five and five with God. Some of you are way beyond that and God may challenge you in other ways. But there's a lot of people in this place that have never, have never you, you're just not in a really good relationship with Jesus. You talk to him in passing. I'll call it like that. When there's need, when there's struggle, when there's, when there's, there's hurt, oh God, can you help me with this? That's kind of, but I'm asking you to go a little bit further. And take some time to really talk to your savior. Talk to your creator. The one that loves you more than anybody ever could. And just tell him what's on your heart. What's on your mind. Five minutes, talk to him. In five minutes, read what he says to you. I'm asking some of you in this place uh, to prioritize and drop some other busyness and instead Get into a crew. We don't do crews just to do them. We do crews because we believe that those relationships will transform lives. I love Sunday morning service. I love worshiping to Jesus together. Uh, I love us being able to hear the word of God preached in some theme. But if you really wanna get deeper into God, get into a crew and in relationships where you can have growth and talk about issues and talk about the things of God and be challenged to do some of the things that I'm talking about, accountability. Our relationship with Jesus has to be the center of our lives. From that, all things flow. That's where Jesus said it like this, without me, you can do nothing. So be with him, even if it's five minutes. Talk to him. Throw away some of these entanglements. Instead of this, and by the way, he is gonna be the one that helps you to cut off all those things that are wrapped around you. That are suffocating you, that are causing you to be anxious, that are causing you to be stressed. That are causing you to misplace priorities. That are causing you to lose sleep. That are causing you distress. Be with Jesus. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. God, we're just thankful, thankful that, God, you speak to us in your scriptures. God, and you are telling us today this beautiful scripture where you, when you talk to the, your disciples and now to us today, that whoever wants to save their life must lose it. And God, here we are today, and we say, God, is there anything in me that you want me to let go God, is there something in my life that I can't let go to attain more of you instead? And some of you may need to even repent right now and say, God, I'm sorry for chasing after all these things that don't even really matter and don't even really satisfy long-term. God, I pray, God, that you forgive me 
and that you would help me instead of chasing after these things. God, that I would be able to, to, to cut them off and instead just take some time, even if it's five minutes, and be with you. Some of you in this place, maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never taken that first step of just knowing him and being with him and I wanna give you that opportunity today. So if that's you and you say, hey, Rich, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus at all. I wanna let you know that God loves you. He made you, he created you. You are his beloved, you are precious to him. He has a purpose for your life. And he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. He loved you so much that he gave his life on the cross so that you didn't have to pay for the penalties of your wrongdoings, so that you could be reconnected with him again because your wrongdoings separate you from him, from a perfect God. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, I need that forgiveness, I need that relationship, I don't have it, with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if that's you here today, and you say, Rich, I need that relationship, I need to make things right with God today, would you just lift your hand high enough so I can see it? I see your hand, I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand, I see your hands. I wanna say this prayer with you guys. Would you say this with me? You can put your hands down. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, I want you to say this from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for doing all my own things, for chasing all my own desires instead of you. I'm sorry for messing up probably will again <laughs> but I trust you right now to forgive me for all the things I've done wrong in the past and the things to come I ask that you help me to get to know you and to have a relationship with you fill me up with your presence with your love joy peace Amen. Come on, would you guys give it up for those that just did that in this place? God's gonna do amazing things in your life. If you said that prayer, or you, you, you just got your life right with God today, I wanna just encourage you to, to text us at that number, 315-444-2100. Just start a conversation, say, hey, I raised my hand or I said this prayer. We would love to walk alongside you and help you with this relationship with God. We have materials we could put in your hand. We have suggestions of how to talk to God, how to read your Bible, how to, how to pray. Uh, just different things that we can help you along the way. And so there's a lot of other people in this place that would love to help you too. So you're not alone. You don't have to be alone on this. In fact, God puts us together as a church. It's a beautiful thing about church is that he puts people together even as, as messed up as some of us are at times. He puts us together to help us, to help one another, to help us to grow and to help us to learn. And there's people in this place that know more things uh, than I know about things uh, and different topics. And there's other people that are more experienced in other topics. And together, we're able to have this community of love and care for one another. So don't do this by yourself. Texas number. Come on, Bernie, we're gonna worship Jesus one more time.
Thank you again for checking out this message. If you would like help taking your first steps on your faith journey, you can text the number 315-444-2100 and include the word Jesus in your text. We're going to follow up with you and help you get started. God bless you and thank you again.